welcome. You have found, either by accident or on purpose, episode 42 of Lords of Order, the DC Doctor Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Feedback can go to bigtimenoise.com slash Fate, the website. Pages for the podcast are on Facebook and Google Plus under Lords of Order, and the email address is the Doctor Fate Fan Podcast at Gmail. Today, this morning, this evening, this afternoon, whenever the heck you're listening, All Star Comics Volume One, Issue Six, the August September nineteen forty one issue, is up for discussion. Scripted the Dr. Fate portion by Gardner Fox, drawn by Stan Ashmeyer. The framing beginning and ending sequences also were scripted by Everett Hibbard and penciled and inked by Everett Hibbard also. Now, this issue of All-Star Comics adds some, um, some things to the uh, both to the layout of the story, but they just do uh, some different things in the book from what we have for five and four, and I believe maybe three was the first issue that we talked about for Dr. Fate. Um, each hero has their own story uh, as before, but between most of the hero stories are one-page interludes because the main story involves some shenanigans with Johnny Thunder and his Thunderbolt. The interludes are kind of catching us up on portions of what is happening to Johnny Thunder throughout the book because the uh, main superhero stories may not include every time Johnny Thunder and or his Thunderbolt. So it's the interludes as they are are want to be are are intended to be connectors between like, you know, Green Lantern's um, assignment and the Spectre's assignment or etc, etc. But not every one. So uh, this issue, I'll look at the beginning and ending framing sequ- sequences, the Dr. Fate story, and the interlude just prior to the Dr. Fate story. Now, this issue opens up, though, with something different. This is written um, for us, the audience, but it is an announcement. The Justice Society of America is hereby resolved to, and hereby does, honor to one of its members, the Flash, and does hereby bid him Godspeed and votes that he, like Superman and Batman, be made an honorary member of the Justice Society for life. And be it further resolved that since the Flash has been called to other duties, he, as an honorary life member, be subject to call only on special assignments, and is hereby relieved from active participation in the regular duties of the Justice Society of America. Signed, The Hawkman, The Hourman, Green Lantern, The Atom, The Spectre, The Sandman, Dr. Fate. And Doctor is spelled out, which is interesting. So, um, we have a 
that's about two-thirds of the page. And then the last third of the page we have Fate, Sandman, Adam, Hourman, Spectre, Hawkman, and Green Lantern with Flash being carried on their shoulders and Johnny Thunder down here saying, gosh, the Flash is relieved from duty in the Justice Society. Oh boy, I bet you I get invited to take his place. Hotcha! Which I thought was like, who was that, a Jimmy Durante thing? Anyways. So, I guess there's a little um, pre-cursor, pre- what is it called when they, uh, no, when they hint at something in a story before it actually happens? A pre-something, I forget the word, anyways, of, of what the story's going to be about. Johnny Thunder and his, uh, maybe precursor would be a good word. And in case you guys are wondering, I'm speaking to myself, but I'm also speaking to my wife, who is sitting here next to me, listening, as we have the volume on the TV down. But X-Files running. Uh, not that that has to do with the podcast. So, uh, there's something new. We see the um, resignation. I guess uh, they they use the word resigned in here, I believe, of a member. And we also have a little bit of insight as to why we have never seen Superman and Batman, even though we pretty much know them to be members of the Justice Society of America. It We don't get into this too much uh, now, but we will at the end of the book. But the way that the charter is written, there can only be eight active members. So now they're a member short. Uh, they have to do a do a membership thing. For those that may be familiar with um, the Avengers, are familiar with this kind of superhero membership drive kind of concept. This may well be the first time that it ever occurred in comicdom, the Justice Society of America. There, uh, as I said, I believe. At least third, I believe, fourth appearance. So we now open the actual story. Uh, Everyone has gathered to send the Flash off uh, by having a a dinner. So they're they're meeting and they're talking about, you know, they're giving him the old attaboy slap on the back. It won't be the same without you. Oh, those those bad guys don't know what they're in for now that you're on your own kind of stuff, uh, etc., 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 Apparently, Johnny Thunder was not invited to this little shindig because he barges in. He says, hey, fellers, let me in. I got news for you. I got good news. And he comes in dressed in a uh, suit and tie, a hat, a bow tie. And everyone's like, well, because apparently he's just standing there. I got good news. I got got some good news. And, And that's the way he's speaking. And they, they prompt him, what is the good news? And Johnny Thunder continues, well, uh, this, um, that, uh, fe- fellas, my girl Daisy said that I can join the Justice Society. I- isn't, isn't that nice? And they start berating him, uh, primarily Hawkman and Green Lantern, about, well, yeah, that is cool that your girl says that you can join, but shouldn't it have been more appropriate to ask us first? Isn't that the the way it should work? And he said, "But you gotta let me be a member." Hey, Thunderbolt, get busy. Make them let me join, which is particularly uncool, because uh, the next panel we see Thunderbolt, which I believe ultimately Thunderbolt has a name, but at this point I don't know that it's been shown. So it's Johnny Thunder is the name of the human, 
and he is in charge of a genie, and the genie is named Thunderbolt, and the genie comes from a particular dimension, which will, I think, come up a little bit later in the book, and I forget what it is. It's like Badnesian or something like that. Badnesia, something. Um, oh, yeah, right here it is. Okay. But Johnny hasn't said those magic Badnesian hex words, uh, B-A-H-D-N-I-S-I-A-N, is the inhabitant, so I guess Badnesia would be the dimension that the Thunderbolt is from. And the hex words are C-E-I-U, pronounced say you. That's how Johnny Thunder calls the genie. And then, of course, as in typical genie lore, you make a wish, and then the genie will attempt to make that wish come true. Uh, The Thunderbolt, though, isn't that sneaky kind of genie that takes you literally. Um, He typically tends to know what Johnny wants, actually, regardless of what he says, and that's what this genie accomplishes. Unlike a lot of the genies in genie mythology, they are just painfully literal, so you really have to be careful what you wish for. So now the Justice Society members kind of jump on Johnny because he tried to make the Thunderbolt do the things to get him into the Justice Society. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's just kind of not cool. You know, that's like asking Superman to make you rich uh, kind of thing, you know. So they they kind of bust his uh, his behind a little bit here. Um, Johnny now kind of, you know, wistfully, hands in pockets, kind of slumped, looking down at the floor, says, uh, Oh, shucks, I, I didn't mean anything. Anyhow, my thunderbolt didn't work, did it? Because he didn't say, say you. He, he didn't use the appropriate words. In his excitement, he knows full well how to do it. He just, he was in air this time. And then Sandman and Flash concoct a, a little uh, a little thing here. You know, they, they whisper back and forth a little bit. Da, da, da. And uh, Flash steps forward. Oddly enough, Flash being the one that's on his way out. So I don't, I don't know why he was chosen as spokesman of this particular issue. But he says, Johnny, you might like to learn that we members have voted to test you by sending you out after a desperate character. His name is Killer McPansy. Really. That that's the last name, M C P A N Z E, right? Isn't that how you would pronounce it, McPansy? Hmm. If you bring him in, you can be a member. So Johnny starts to take off. You know, oh, cool. That's all I have to do. And he and Flash stops him. Now, hang on. Wouldn't you like to learn a little bit more about him? Maybe where he is or anything like that. So they shove a bunch of papers at him, and each of the papers has a, a, a headline. And he reads them all and then just gets kind of iffy because of the way the headlines are written, which, as we all know, headlines are intended to grab eyeballs and they aren't necessarily the most uh, honest headlines, shall we say. So they paint a rather dire picture of anybody that goes against uh, McPansy. Flash tells him the address. Johnny's like, well, if, if you insist, maybe it won't be too hard. Golly, if I only knew how to get my Thunderbolt working. Which, again, I, I don't... I, I think just in his excitement, he's just kind of, you know, forgotten what he does know. Good luck, they tell him as he heads out the door. And then it kicks in. 
Apparently, Killer McPansy is a harmless old codger who thinks he's tough and prints this stuff on his own printing press. So those weren't even actual newspapers. They were just little small press little newspapers like you would see, like the entertainment newspapers you find at restaurants and things like that. And so all of the Justice Society has a laugh at Johnny Thunder's expense, including, oddly enough for me, the specter who says, Ho, 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 Johnny thinks he's on a tough assignment. It's such a beautiful joke on him. Ha, ha, ha. I have never seen the specter laugh. And honestly, I hope I never see it again. It's it's not very spectery. Specter-ish? Specter-like? However you want to do it. Then we launch into the individual uh, stories. Each of the heroes goes out to uh, kind of watch over Johnny, uh, make sure that he doesn't um, get in over his head. Initially, the thinking is still that, well, he's not um, able to use his thunderbolt uh, appropriately right now for whatever reason. You know, he's still having some issues operating the Thunderbolt. So they're going to watch him. As they go up against each of the uh, individual issues, uh, 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 segments, assignments, however you want to categorize it, they start finding out that Johnny falls into uh, a plot by some gangsters. And so he f- finds himself now continually in bad situations, not um, not due to the McPansy guy, but due to other gangsters. So first, let's see, we have the Flashes segment, and then after that is the interlude that involves Johnny and Inza. And then that runs into the Dr. Fate segment. So in one juncture here, Johnny uh, finds himself in a predicament, asks the Thunderbolt to rescue him, which it does, and then leaves to carry on other aspects of wishes that Johnny had started Thunderbolt working on prior to that. So he, he kind of interrupts Thunderbolt's mission when he gets in trouble by asking Thunderbolt to help him. Thunderbolt does. He's uh, Johnny's injured uh, in in the rescue. He, he kind of his uh, his ego is injured, but he is physically injured a little bit too. And as he's stumbling around, he finds Inza um, and asks her for help. She rescues him. The two of them together run afoul of these thugs that Johnny now has run into. They escape the thugs in trying to help Johnny yet again. Thunderbolt goes and gets the assistance of Dr. Fate. Presumably Dr. Fate because Inza is involved. You know, otherwise I don't know why it would be Dr. why Dr. Fate would have to be the one. But he does, and tells Dr. Fate, you know, where uh, the problem is, what's going on, etc., etc. Dr. Fate goes to Inza. Uh, when he gets to her, 
he asks her where is Johnny and she says well you don't know in in uh, in waiting for you I guess I just kind of lost track of him and he he kind of wandered off so he rescues her rescues Enza Dr. Fate does and they fly off so now what they need to do is they need to track the thugs that attacked Enza and Johnny Dr. Fate decides that the way to do that is to follow the uh, trace um, particles of the tires that every car leaves and so by energizing those of this particular tire they will glow and they can just track it like you would uh, you know the something leaking from the car or or something like that uh, theoretically and he says as he's flying with Enza and they're they're following these tracks the ancient Chinese used this trick with the baby Buddha. It can work as well today. I'm not. I don't understand what that means. I. I I'm not familiar with uh, the Buddha lore. Does Does that mean at some point that the baby got away from its handlers and was wandering around? Or so. If anybody knows, you know, drop me a line. I, I'm not sure exactly what that means. So they follow the tracks to a particular garage, um, assuming that that is the base. Fate flies to a nearby building and leaves Inza on top of it. We've seen that a couple times in more fun comics when he went to do something. Goes back to the garage and uh, the thugs who have been posing as mechanics are actually bank robbers and and their their speech is is really funny to me one of them says the bank was a pipe to take next all we had to do was flash our rods and they passed over the dough i i i mean did people really talk like that back then that's wow and another one uh here a panel or two later says this racket of ours mechanics who are bank robbers is Paying swell dividends, which swell is, is not that funny a word, but some other odd choices here. Um, and they're talking. They got a flat tire on the way from the bank robbery to the base. And they're talking to the leader, who apparently did not go out with them. He, he stayed in the garage doing, I guess, boss things. And one of them tells him, yeah, we... The, the, the other car broke down and we had to steal a car to finish our getaway and you know when we stole it there was some chick in it named Inza and the, the boss kind of freaks out he said Inza and the guys are like yeah that's what she said her name was and he gets really upset he's like oh man don't you realize that Inza is the friend of Dr. Fate you know so now he's gonna, yeah he's after us etc etc as they're talking lo and behold there he is. So he attacks. Um, everything pretty much appears to be hand-to-hand here with uh, with Dr. Fate's approach. He doesn't appear to be using his mystical knowledge of the ancient Egyptians and Chaldeans, you know, however they always seem to describe it. And as he's working on one of the thugs, he hears someone yelling for help behind a, a nearby closed door. So he knocks the door down and goes in the room. 
little knowing that that whole thing was set up as a trap by the boss. The boss triggers the trap, and the room is suddenly surrounded by um, bars, like jail cell bars, any, any place that he could escape. And he tells Dr. Fate, now I have you, my fine bucko. You'll never get out of there alive. They, uh, another part of the trap is that everything closes in, which it, it can't be everything because it wouldn't work that way. So either the ceiling and the floor close or the two walls close, but of course all four can't because they would get in the way. But he says all four walls are closing in. The boss waits an appropriate amount of time, opens it back up, and sees that Dr. Fate is uninjured. And the narrator tells us, Having learned the secret of the ancients, how to convert the bodily forces into pure power, Dr. Fate can make his body harder than steel, and can absorb matter into it, bullets for instance, and extract from them their atomic energy. A little earlier in the attack, uh, one of the thugs got the drop on him and shot him with, uh, with his gun, and it said he absorbed the bullets, which that's the first time we've seen that. We've seen bullets bounce off. We've seen a knife break on him because his skin is, you know, steel hardness, whatever. We've never heard that he absorbs bullets, which apparently he did this time. So uh, now he's okay. He breaks out, wrestles this last thug who apparently is the leader, calls on the west wind, north wind to blow everyone else out of the building, and he takes the leader with him. They go back up to the rooftop. Fate gets Inza and now has the thug leader with him, sets the garage on fire. Inza gets concerned because her car is in there, and she's concerned that it'll burn up. When they go back down to ground level, after presumably the structure has burnt to the ground, Inza sees that her car is perfectly okay Dr. Fate says the fire could not harm it with my mantle of protection over it I never heard of the mantle of protection so the uh, he Dr. Fate leaves Inza with the car she goes on her merry way takes the the thug gang leader with him they're have a, having a discussion on the way to the police station the thug says he's going to go straight because of all the things that he's seen Dr. Fate do. As they're flying, Dr. Fate scoops up other members of the gang that he sees. He just sucks them up into the air with them and delivers all of them to the police station, saying that, I'm afraid I'll have to report failure to locate Johnny Thunder to the Justice Society. I wonder where he went anyhow. So then we continue on with the rest of our individual hero stories. We've got Sandman, then Spectre, Our Man, the Atom. Again, you know, every now and then there's this interlude between them connecting them if they weren't connected enough just by the story. Next is the Green Lantern story. And then Hawkman, and we finally get back to our main story uh, and the end framing sequence. Ultimately, in the story, Johnny Thunder winds up on a seagoing vessel 
and by way of rescue, the Thunderbolt grabs up the entire ship and moves it to a dock. The dock happens to be right outside the headquarters for the Justice Society. So Johnny gathers up this main thug who now we find out is the real Killer McPansy. So in order to divert attention from the real he had set up this other dude using his name making these newspapers and and making it appear as though he was a a, a laughing stock while he actually was the mastermind over a uh, shall we say evil cartel of gangsters so johnny actually ends up bringing the real dude in turns him over to the justice society and because of that success johnny is immediately voted as a member in good standing of the justice society so he's an an actual member he's one of the eight now at the end of the book we have another um, text piece this one by dc themselves and they tell us that uh what they're doing is they're running a contest. Uh, the Constitution of the Justice Society does not permit more than eight active members at any one time. To, make, uh, to take in another member means that one of our present members must be made an honorary member like Superman, Batman, and The Flash, and of course be published in a quarterly or bi-monthly of his own. All new members of the Justice Society must, of course, appear monthly in Flash, All-American, Adventure, or Fun Comics. And here's what um, the people at DC have suggested. Why not ask readers of All-Star Comics whom they want as our next honorary member and also whom they would like us to initiate next into the Justice Society to take their place? So here's how you can help us. On the coupon below, we would like you to list your first and second choice for the next honorary member of the Justice Society of America and also the four features from Flash All-American Fun and Adventure Comics in the order in which you'd like them to appear to be initiated into the Justice Society of America. And as a thanks, they have 1,000 copies of an issue of All-Star Comics, but it doesn't say what issue, to give away. So the first 1,000 people to send in this coupon will in turn get a free copy of All-Star Comics. Then we see another ad right after that that says, and now the members of the Justice Society of America bring you an important message. In the next issue of All-Star Comics, issue 7, We set out to raise a million dollars to help the poor refugee children of the war-torn democracies of Europe and Asia. Remember, this was in 1941, near the end of 1941. Um, Each of us has pledged, now this is each of the Justice Society members, has pledged to raise $100,000 except Johnny Thunder, who is so pleased at having become initiated into the Justice Society that he enthusiastically pledges himself to raise the balance of 300000 to make the million. Does he do it? 
Well, he tries, and who do you imagine comes to his help? Comes to help and uphold our honor with the honor of the Justice Society? Well, you'll find out in All Star Comics number seven. So an odd, odd little thing there. Um, we see ads for Action Comics, Flash Comics, Adventure Comics, Detective Comics, More Fun Comics, and All American Comics in here that have been running. And interesting to me is we see an ad for the second issue of World's Finest Comics. So a lot of extra things going on in this issue besides just the story makes it kind of a uh, a, a major issue, particularly with the official retirement of one of the original members. So that's the first time we've seen somebody step aside and somebody new move in. Now, it wasn't somebody brand new because we've seen Johnny Thunder hanging around you know, prior to this, since the very beginning, actually. Next time out um, will be the new volume of Dr. Fate, issue 3, uh, which should be the August 2015 issue, give or take. We will talk to you guys next time. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 3.0 unported license.